This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude. I wanted to eat everything. And I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. If you've ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. This membership community gives you a ton of resources from myself as well as outside experts to help you grow in your faith and your business. To learn more, visit www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Again, that's blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I have a lot that I want to dive into today. So before we get into that, let's do some church announcements real quick. I want to remind you guys that we are going on tour, the God is my CEO tour. Super excited about this tour because it's just something that every time I go to try to explain it to you guys, I can't because you just have to be there to know what God wants to do um, and to experience what God is going to do. Um, in that room. So get your tickets, go to God is my CEO tour.com myself and Kavaya Watrice of the she who is called mobile app will be doing it together. Um, but you just have to be there point blank. Tickets are available right now at God is my CEO tour.com. Um, last week on, I think Thursday, I posted a bonus episode. It's called God's Plan. It's a six-part series that Kavaya and I are doing that is teaching you how to make and keep God the CEO of your life and your business. We get a lot of the same questions about people who are really desiring God and desiring to go deeper and desiring how. You know, a lot of times we're taught what, what, what. But um, we're not taught the how. And so that series, we really answer and tackle a lot of topics that um, 
you guys have been asking about. So we talk about how to hear from God. The one that posted last week was about how to decipher a you idea versus a God idea. Um, like I said, we talk about how to hear from God. We talk about how to keep God as the CEO after you've already gained some momentum. We talk about so many different things. So I suggest you guys go and subscribe to my YouTube channel is Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A on YouTube. New videos will be posted every week. Um, I'll put the audio on the podcast, but you really have to see the video. It's just something different when there's a visual involved. I also have just some really bomb stuff that's coming for my YouTube. I'm hyped because God has been pressing me to do a YouTube since last year. And I just came up with all the excuses in the world. It's too difficult. I ain't who has time or the desire to edit stuff. And it was just been, it's a lot. Um, and I was very intimidated by it. And usually I'm not intimidated by things, but it was a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do. That's the root of it to why I hadn't done it. But God is so good. He sent me somebody who I guess I'll call her my creative director. Um, that is so skilled in all of these areas to where I can focus on um, seeking God and what he wants me to do. And then she can make it look good and get it together and and make sure that it's available for you guys. So I'm hyped. We got some really amazing things in the work for my YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe so you will not be left out the loop. Um, and I think that's it for the church announcement. So moving on to what I want to talk about today, I'm really excited about today's episode because this is my first real time podcast in a couple of weeks. And I did that intentionally. So for me, March was like such a trash month. Like if you follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamia, I kind of talked about it in one of my posts that March was just like, it caught me off guard, honestly. And it was just so much back to back that was going on so many highs and lows things that I got really excited about and then they turned tragic real quick and it was I was just sitting there scratching my head like huh god what what is going on here did I do something wrong like did I piss somebody off like what what happened um but a lesson that I had to learn and be reminded something I knew but I had to be reminded of is that a lot of times we go through and Pastor Torre Roberts said this on his sermon yesterday, and it was my reminder to uh, for myself of the things that I've been going through is that sometimes disappointment just prepares us for what God has for us and the impact that God wants us to make. And he said, disappointment prepares you for your why. Even if you don't know what the why is, it's preparing you for it. So I'm not sure how God is going to use the things that I've went through in that month. I'm not even ready to talk about some of the stuff yet. I'm not sure how he's going to use it, but I'm seeing little by little how things are unfold. I know for one thing in particular, I can't wait till I'm able to break down to you guys what happened, what God did in the midst of the tragedy. And then once the story is finished being written, I can't I can't wait to kind of break that down for you guys. But March was really just a reminder for me that it's not my life is not about me. And if I'm going to impact people to the magnitude of what God has for me, I'm going to have to go through some stuff. And I'm okay with that. It just hurts (laughs) when you're in the midst of going through things. But um, in addition to that, though, as I was going through like life, God was also pulling me. 
and using his prophets to speak to me and tell me that he wants me to go deeper, that what I've been doing up until this point was was great. You know, I've been growing. I've been diving deeper into the word. I've been seeking God for myself and I've been obedient with a lot of the things he's told me to do. Um, he's is is good. But now it's time to grow. Like and at first I was a, I was upset because I was like. God, am I doing something wrong? Like all of this is going on. I was trying to lean on my own understanding, which you shouldn't do, but I'm trying to rationalize like, God, all of this is going on in my life. And you telling me that you want more for me. Like, I don't understand Did I do something wrong. Is there something that, that am I missing something here? And it wasn't that it's, and God had to correct me. Like it ain't that he's my father and any parent, any good parent is going to want more from you. They're going to want you to grow. And the way that God works is some, the pressing is what creates the oil. Like a lot of you guys commend me or say nice things about um, the anointing that's over my life and, and things like that. But you got to give some stuff up. If anytime you meet somebody that has a, a heavy oil or anointing over their life, ask them what they had to give up or what they lost in order to get that. That's the question that you need to be asking because in, or like I said, in order to create the oil, there has to be some pressing. You got to press a olive in order to get the oil in order to create a diamond it has to go through pressure. So when you face controversy or things happen in your life, it's not really a time to kind of get caught up in the emotions. It's time for you, like I said before, to encourage yourself and not to lean on your own understanding so that God's power can be shown through every situation. But um, yeah, so because I was going through things in my life and because God was pulling on me and saying that he wanted more from me, I was in like a weird space where it's just like, God, huh? Like my mind was foggy. Because I'm like trying to figure out what the heck is life at this point. And then in addition to that, God is saying that he wants more from me. It was just a weird space that I have to figure out. And the last thing that I'm going to do is come on my platform and not be full. Like I, I have to be on here full to in order to be able to pour out. And I'm never going to be the type of person of influence or a leader or whatever to where I'm so used to always trying to inspire others or do make other people great that I forget about myself. Like there's there's a lot that God wants from me. I care more about pleasing God than keeping up with the brand that I've created. And so for me, I was like, okay. God, I'm in this weird space. Like I, I, I really need you right now because I don't, I really don't know what's going on. I, I just thought I had a handle of life and then I get smacked in the face. So, um, what I did was I was like, okay, when I get to Miami, um, I know we're going to get some great episodes with Janae and Tish. So I'm going to make sure we record it long enough to where I could do it in multiple parts. And so that way for those two weeks that I'm not, uh, in real time speaking, on the show, I can dedicate then the time that I did to prepare the podcast or whatever, to spending more time with God to see what in the world is going on here. And so that's what I did. We did the two weeks of their episodes, which was a great episode. And in that time, I really used that to build myself back up with by spending more time with God by reading more of his word and spending more time in prayer and things like that. And that's something that uh, something I'm just continuing, continuing to do. Because in addition to God saying that he wants more from me, he's just shown me so much. 
um, that and things that he's going to do for me and all of this. And I just am the type of person where it all sounds good, but I just want to make sure I'm handling God's assignments with care. And if that means taking a step back sometimes and taking a break from speaking in real time to make sure that I'm on my face, I'm going to always get on my face. And if you're not a part of Blessed and Bossed Up Society, I highly suggest that you join. Go to blessedandbossedup.com slash community. I highly suggest you join because in the midst of these things that's been going on, I've been doing a lot of impromptu live streams and stuff in there, kind of explaining to them the space that I'm at. I, I really thank God for giving me a gift of communication because I think I have a really good skill of being able to step away from myself to be able to break down something for somebody else. So even as I'm going through something, I'm not there to inspire you. I don't have the answers. I'm just able to explain what's going on with me in an effort to win if you're in that same place. And a lot of them were. I remember getting on live like, listen, y'all, I don't know what is life right now, but this is how I feel. And I remember doing that and they were like, man, I'm in the same place or whatever. But sometimes just knowing that somebody else is going through stuff too can be so liberating for you. And then kind of seeing how I'm handling the pressure or whatever, you can maybe take whatever nuggets for yourself in the midst of that. So I love the society because I can just go in there and not feel like I got to prepare a message. I can just press play and be like, look, this is how I feel. This is raw, real, vulnerable I don't know what life is. And then I can go back in the next week and be like, so this what happened since last week. I think I understand life a little bit better at this point. But yeah, just join the society. I mean, we got a challenge going on this week that I'm super hype about. That's just all about accountability. Um, but yeah, I just suggest you get into that shameless plug. <laughs> I suggest you get into the society. But yeah, so in the, in the last couple of weeks, I've been in my Bible a lot more, um, really diving deep into things. And I just always stress the importance of reading your Bible for yourself. If you rely on sermons or what somebody else says, you put yourself in such a vulnerable state and not in a good way. You put yourself in a place where the somebody can easily manipulate the word. Somebody could tell you something that really ain't true because there's a lot of sayings that we have that really can't be found in the Bible. So it's again, it's so important for y'all to read your word. But back to the story. In the last couple of weeks, I've been diving into my word and and I realized just the importance of me getting my feet planted, rooted, anchored, knee deep into the text in a new way. Because what God is taking me is going to require that knowledge and not the knowledge that has been uh filtered through the mouth of a preacher and i'm and i'm not trying to say it's anything wrong of course there's nothing wrong with preachers and pastors like come on but for me personally i needed to dive deep into the text as just the text so that the only filter that i'm receiving the word from is god I hope I I said that correctly. And where God is taking me is going to require new habits from me. Where God is taking you is going to require new habits from you, new processes, new systems, new ways of doing things. And so one of those new systems for me was just to read the Bible unseasoned in a sense. So without the flavor, 
without the old bag. That's my favorite season <laughs> for y'all that don't know me. But uh, without the extra flavor of whomever is delivering the message, I need to just read it as the text and allow God to uh, let things stand out to me that are particular for what he has for me. And that's a practice I think all of you guys should do that even in the midst of as you're reading um, or, or going to church and hearing different sermons or watching sermons online, make it a good practice to read the Bible for yourself unseasoned so that God's perspective um, as as he makes certain things stand out for you is the only perspective that's influencing how you're digesting what's being fed. Really hope I said that right. Um, but anyway, I'm reading it. And um, one of the things that I've been praying, I've been praying a lot more, even more than before. Really, uh, I've been anointing myself with oil every day. I, one of the places that I put the oil is over my eyes because I, I've been asking God over the last few weeks, even before I took this little baby hiatus that y'all didn't even realize I was taking from the show, um, just anointing my eyes with oil and in my ears and asking God to remove the scales off of my eyes. Because a lot of times we look at things based off of our own filters and our filters are created based off life experiences based off of what we know based off of what we're familiar with what we've heard whatever so I've been asking God to kind of take those scales off my eyes and ears so that I'm seeing things as pure as possible and I'm seeing them the way that he needs me to see them and I'm able to pull things out that he wants me to pull out not things that that are shaped like I said based off of my own filter and so in that, I feel like as I've just been going throughout my weeks and not just reading my Bible, but just observing different things, I've been able to see them a lot differently than I have before. And so that kind of leads me into what I wanted to talk about on today's episode. As I've been reading my Bible, I'm currently reading, um, starting the Bible from scratch where um, in the Bible app, it's called the Bible Project. They're really, really good. They have a plan in the Bible app where they break the Bible down into a year. So I'm like 60 days behind because I have been more focused on uh, situational readings, meaning I've been focused on taking whatever I'm going through in life and then going to the Bible about that as opposed to just going from scratch, like from day one and just starting from the beginning. And, um, so yeah, I, I was like, I got to stop doing it. Let me go back and do what I said I was going to do, which was read the Bible from the beginning to the back. So I went back, I've been in Exodus for way longer than I needed to be in Exodus because like I said, I've been focusing more on the situational readings as opposed to just starting from the beginning and allowing God to reading without any particular, uh, expectations, and just allowing God to make, make things stand out to me and give me lessons that I need to learn. And this is a whole, such a different approach, honestly, than how I've been doing things. But it's been such a blessing and has revealed to just give me so many different revelations. Like every day I'm talking to my husband like, yo, I was reading this and and I know this is the Old Testament, but it's so relevant. I got a real good study Bible that I tell y'all about all the time that really ties things back into the present. So I'm telling him about stuff. And so he reads the Bible a lot, too. So he's usually reading the New Testament. So lately he's been reading First and Second Kings. So I'm coming to him like, boo, I read this. 
and the Old Testament and it made me think about this and um, how it relates to whatever, whatever is going on right now. And he like, oh, for real, that's that's reminds me of whatever. So we're kind of able to man get y'all a man that read the word, but <laughs> we're able to kind of talk about those things. Um, but I'm, I've been getting so many revelations just by starting from scratch and allowing God to speak to me. So I was in the book of Exodus and Exodus is uh, about Moses and how God chose Moses to deliver the people from slavery in Egypt. And so there's a lot going on in Exodus. And um, but the way the Bible plan is set up that I love is that it has different devotionals, which is usually a video. So that's what the Bible project people do. They create videos that explain what's going on in the Bible. And I love it. So when I'm studying, I use the plan and I re- I look at their videos and then I go to my big book, the study Bible to read the text. So um, in the videos, I remember them saying, and I'm starting this whole faith, y'all know, from scratch. And so uh, I have to kind of debunk a lot of things. I didn't grow up in church. Um, I just didn't, you know, and my relationship with God really flourished outside of the four walls of the church. And so because of that, I don't have a lot of like the, I guess, knowledge that a lot of people would have from being in church all their life. I don't. I got to start from the beginning and figure things out. So me personally, I didn't know that Moses didn't enter into the promised land. So, of course, I know who knew who Moses was and I knew that he delivered the people from out of Egypt and and um, led them to the promised land. But I didn't really know that he never got into the promised land. That was news to me when I was uh, starting this. So, like I said, the, the the Bible project, they have these videos. So in the video, it said it mentioned how Moses never uh, entered into the promised land. So I'm like, hold up. He led these people all the way to the promised land and he didn't get in. Why? So when I finished Exodus, it didn't answer that question because at the end of Exodus, it concludes with the tabernacle being finished. And then after that, it goes into Leviticus. And then Leviticus is all about God teaching the people how to act, giving them instructions and things that they need to be doing, things not to do, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm at Leviticus. I'm finished reading Exodus and I'm like, okay. God has given instructions about sacrifices and stuff. I don't think this is going to be the part where I figure out why Moses ain't get to the promised land. So I'm like, let me just Google why Moses ain't get to the promised land because I need to know this. Because after reading Exodus and I felt like, so when I, I told you, when I read the Bible, I put myself in the stories. So I'm reading the Bible and, and I'm reading Exodus. I mean, and I'm reading about how much these people complain, like, oh my God, every turn they like, why is this going on? Or we don't got this. We don't got that. You should have left us in slavery. At least in slavery, we was able to do this. Like they was the most complainingest folk ever. And I was thinking like, bruh, it could not have been me. I would be like, Lord, can we just throw all of them away? Cause they getting on my nerves. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm reading it just annoyed at how much they complain. And so as I'm reading, I'm saying the stuff out, out loud, like, God, can you shut them up? They ear say it. But as I'm like reading this and having my little commentary, 
God is like, how many times do you complain? Like, how many times do I tell you to do something and because you don't understand how it's going on, you complaining, or because you don't see how it all plans out, you complaining? I'm like, all right, yeah, you know what, God, you're right. Let me shut up <laughs> because I'm just like them. But that was a lesson in of itself for me. Like, think about how irritated you are just listening to them complaining and how patient God is with you listening to all the times that you complain. It just shows how much better than us he will always be. But anyway, I'm reading it. Um, so I'm understanding the frustration that Moses may have about how much these people complain. Like even after he came, after he gave them the Ten Commandments, one of them being don't put any idols before me. They just turned around and did it like Moses was spending time with God. Aaron was down there with the people they had just told these people don't put no idols before him. And they have Aaron build him them this calf that they worship and literally do the exact same thing that they was just told not to do like so many of us do. But I put in myself in this story. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? But I'm frustrated as a reader. So I can only imagine how frustrated Moses was as a leader and so understanding this and I've just got through this this long story of them getting on my nerves I need to figure out why Moses didn't get to the promised land because from my eyes from what I know so far from what I've read up until this point he was doing all right so um and that brings us to what we're going to talk about today so our anchored scripture for today is in numbers 20 so I'm going to start with numbers 20 verses 1 through 13 and I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation it says in the first month of the year the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zen and camped at Kadesh while they were there Miriam died and was buried there was no water for the people to drink at that place so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron the people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought us? Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates and no water to drink. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. This place known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing, because the okay, this place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing because there the people of Israel argued with the Lord and there he demonstrated his holiness among them. OK, so that's the end of the scripture. Now, this story is very important 
And I got a lot of lessons out of this story because I believe that God has been, I told y'all I pray for him to remove the scales off my eyes and ears. And so one of the lenses that I've been looking at a lot of things at lately, and, and I know that is God, is from a leadership perspective. I've been thinking and looking at things a lot from a leadership perspective because I, I believe that God is really about to elevate me to a place where I'll have influence over a lot of people. And I already do with this podcast, but this isn't even nothing compared to what God has for me. And I know he's using this time to develop me as a leader. So I'm looking at this from a leadership standpoint now of what went wrong. Like the, the water, uh, water did come out of the rock. So God still showed his people who he was, but the fact that he's, he told Aaron and Moses, let me go back to it. Let me see. Yeah. So it says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I'm giving them. So something went wrong here to where Moses made a mistake to where now he's not even going to be able to enter into the promised land that he went through so much to get the people through. Cause even before, even after this situation, there was still a lot of time that went by before they even got to the to prom to the promised land so even after God said to Moses you're not even going to get into the promised land he still had to lead them so that was a lesson to me in and of itself um and I think that's like the uh the last one that I'm going to list to you guys but it's important to just note this the level of, of humility that he had to where he did still fulfill the assignment that was on his life but nevertheless as anybody who's listening to this if you're a, a business owner you are a leader. There are people in your life that you influence no matter what level it is. So it's important that we break out these lessons from this story um, to apply it to our lives. And these are the lessons that I put out, that I pulled out for myself. So the lesson number one was don't get too caught up in the opinions and actions of people. So I told you how frustrated I was when I put myself in the story with the people that's how frustrated Moses was in this time because he's been with them for all of this time. He's led them to the wilderness. He's brought them out of slavery. They complained the whole way. They was, they was turning to uh, back to the wicked ways and going against the things that God had told them to do the whole time. He's, you know, going back and forth from hearing from God to, to speaking to them. And here they are not getting it together. And so um, he was frustrated, rightfully so. But that frustration showed in his actions, and that's where the problem came in. He got too caught up in the opinions and or the feelings or the actions of the people that he disobeyed God. So for you guys who aren't seeing, because I didn't see it right away where he was disobedient, Moses, let me go back to what he told them to do and what he did. So Moses and Aaron go to God, and the Lord says to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff, which was the rod, and assemble the entire community. As the people, as the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. So the verse says, verse nine says Moses did what he told, what he was told, but Moses didn't do all that what he was told. Right. So God told him to speak to the rock. He said, take the staff with you, but speak to the rock. So Moses took the staff 
And um, he says, he blah, 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 what did he say? He says, then he and Aaron summoned the people to come to, and gather at the rock. He says, listen, you rebels. He shouted, he mad. He calling them names. I probably would have said something worse than that, <laughs> but he called them names. Listen, you rebels. Must we, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raises his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff. That's not what God told him to do. He told him to speak to the rock, but he struck the rock. So back in Exodus, striking the rock was one of the ways that Moses um, got, was one of the ways that Moses got water to come out the rock before. So Moses was so frustrated. The noise of the people's opinions was so loud that he was disobedient to the specifics of God's instructions. And so I, as I was thinking about this, I told you I've been looking at things from a leadership lens lately. And there have been, I remember I was talking to my friend Tisha about this, where I was watching um, a, a, a popular pastor that I really like. And I remember thinking as I was watching one of the sermons, I wasn't really into the sermon like that. But, but for whatever reason, instead of listening to it for what it was, I kept thinking to myself, like, I wonder if this person is now preaching in the confounds of the brand that they've created as opposed to preaching by allowing God to speak straight through them. Let me let me say this better. I was thinking like I wonder if they're now they've gathered this community this this huge community that around a specific brand that have this kind of these specific opinions because they're like these people are like it's a, a tribe of of a certain type of people I wonder if they are now preaching in a way that speaks to the expectation as opposed to allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit if that makes sense and so I was as I was thinking that as I was watching this sermon and then I'm reading this about Moses getting caught up in the opinions of people. I'm bringing this back to me. I'm not reading this to criticize what anybody else is doing. Their business is their business. They could very well be doing exactly what God told them to do. But I'm looking at it differently. And I'm thinking for myself. And I'm praying, God, don't ever let me get so caught up in the tribe I've created that I, that I stopped letting you use me. And there have been times where I have gotten caught up in that. So there have been times where this is the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. So I've been talking about God for a lot the last few weeks. Let me add a business podcast in here. That's not right. That's wrong. So I was like, God, well, let me, God, forgive me for the times where I felt like I had to do something to appease the audience I've created, as opposed to just opening my mouth and be purely letting you use me. So that's for anybody that's listening, who has any type of influence, don't get caught up in the opinions of people, even if it's praise, even if it's praise, people will clap for you and cuss you out right after God gave these people the Ten Commandments. They was like, oh, thank you, God. They were praising him. They went right two verses later, did the opposite of what he told them to do. Was They was disobedient. They felt like God wasn't good enough, so they needed to create this thing to idolize. So for you guys that's listening, do not get caught up in the opinions and actions of people. You need to be only concerning yourself with what God wants from you. 
And so when I was in the last couple of weeks and when God has been has shared with me to go deeper, I'm like, well, God, what does that look like? You've given me this platform that you're only about to magnify times 100 because I told you I'm not touching the surface. So I know that I have an idea. I don't know. Got an idea of what it is that you're getting ready to do in my life based off of what you've allowed your prophets to speak to me. But what? how do I go about this? You know, like, God, how do I go about this? And God gave me some very clear directions. He said, Tatum, stay under me. Do what I tell you to do. Do how, do it how I tell you to do it. Do it when I tell you to do it. When it's complete, don't worry about the result. I got that. All you got to worry about is being obedient. It don't matter what people say. It don't matter what the reviews say. It don't matter how many likes it got. It don't matter how many times it's been shared. It don't matter what the comments say. Do what I tell you do. It don't matter how many people show up. It don't matter how many people sing your praises. That does not matter. And and for me, this is something that's important because I'm an overachiever. And I'm telling y'all my story because I know there are some who will identify with it. There, I'm an overachiever. I'm a results person. I did the um, rest in peace to Chris Daniel. I did his animal assessment a while ago and I'm what they consider a gorilla. Gorillas are, are very driven by results. So the process is cool, but what's the result? We care about the result. Our gratification comes from stuff being completed well and it being received well and things like that. So for me, God has to break me out of that because that's not going to work. Because if I care about the result, then that means I'm putting stock and value into what people think. And that's not true. I mean, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what they think. It, matter what, it matters what God thinks. It doesn't matter what people think, good or bad. It matters what God thinks. So for me, um, he had to tell me, like, Tatum, this is what you do. Listen to me. Do what I say and get back under me. Don't worry about the rest of that. Social media is not going to make you successful. Word of mouth will. The impact that you make, the power that you have, the care, the way that you handle my people with care is what's going to make you successful. So don't worry about the results. Stay under me. So that's a lesson for you guys that's listening. Don't get caught up in the results. Don't get caught up in what people say. Don't get caught up in what the income statement says, what the profits and loss statement says, how much you made with the projects. Don't get caught up in that. You have to acknowledge it. You have to deal with it because that's wise, you know, as wise business practices, but don't put too, so much value in it to where it be, it starts to dictate what you do because the people's complaints and Moses's frustrations with them dictated the, the uh, level of detail that he did. It dictated his obedience. He wasn't obedient with what God said. And so this, so moving on to point number two, lesson number two is that you have to constantly seek God for instructions each time. I say constantly seek him for instructions and trust them each time. Moses hit the rock with the staff because he had done that before and it worked. He wasn't obedient to what God said. God said to speak to the rock. He wasn't obedient in, in just speaking to it and, and doing what he wasn't trusting what God said that time. He reverted back to something that worked before. But for us, we got to make sure we stay on our face before God and trust what he says each time. There may, there may be something he needs for you to do now that you didn't have to do before, but you have to seek him to know what that is. This may seem like a small thing, but it's a big thing. Obedience is a big thing. It don't matter that you did everything else he told you to do if you, if you did, if you left out something. 
God is a precise God. He is a strategic God. His words mean things. He does things for a reason. We will never be under this, uh, able to understand why. Our thoughts are not his, his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. He will always operate on a level higher than us, so we will never be able to understand that. So we, ha- so the only thing that we have to do or, or the only thing we need to worry about is being obedient to the instruction each time that he gives it to us. So because of that, Moses was disobedient. And God is so good, he still gave the people water, but he definitely let Moses know that he was disobedient. So um, another thing about this is, so I told you I'm, I'm in the Old Testament, reading the Bible from the beginning. Now I'm in Leviticus. I got out of Exodus finally. Um, I figured out, found that I, I had to skip to numbers to figure out why Moses wasn't able to get into the promised land. Um, but I'm going, I'm back now in Leviticus. So Leviticus is all about instruction. So the part that I left off, um, before recording this podcast was God is giving them sacrifice instruction. So as y'all know, in the old Testament, they used to sacrifice animals because the principle was the wages of sin is death. And so you would sacrifice, sacrifice an animal because the death of that animal, you're giving that animal's life as a representative of you giving your own. Now, of course, fast forward to the New Testament. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins once and for all. So now we don't have to do these sacrifices every time we sin or anything like that because God sent Jesus for that. But in reading, still reading this, the Old Testament, I'm reading the different sacrifices and the different instructions that God was was giving them. And so I was reading it. I'm I'm being honest, kind of skimming through it. Cause I'm like, I mean, this isn't even totally relevant to right now, but I don't know, maybe it's something God wanted me to get. So let me just keep reading all of these seemingly mundane instructions. So something that I noticed as I'm reading this is that the instructions, there was, there was one, I can't remember where it was, but um, it was the one of the, it was like the first couple chapters of Leviticus, and it was talking about the instructions for sacrifices for the priests, the instructions of sacrifices for the elders. Then there was a section about the instructions of sacrifices for the community and the instructions of sacrifice for whomever. So as I'm reading these at first, I was like, this is the same thing. I didn't see the difference right away. I'm like, this is the same thing. Why are they separating it by group? If it's the same thing. So then I'm like, well, let me read it again. Maybe I'm missing something, which I was. There were details. Like for one, they had to sacrifice the first male. Then the other one, they sacrificed the female. The other one, they sacrificed the bird instead of a, a, a goat or whatever. But the lesson that I got from that is there will be different instructions based off of the level that you're at. The instructions for the priest were different from the instructions of the community. The instructions that God gave me last year are different from the instructions. Now they may be similar. There may be a lot of overlap because remember what I said, remember I said at first, like this is all the same. I don't get why, why it's categorized. It's categorized because the circumstances or the level is different. So the instructions are different. It may seem the same. Like I said, it may overlap, but there are certain nuances that are now different. So that you may be able to do a lot of the things you did last year, but there's one thing that God needs you to do different. The only way you're going to figure out what that one thing God needs you to do differently is, is you got to stay on your face, is you got to stay before him. You got to seek him each time and trust what he says. 
And even talk, we can bring this to the comparison game. We don't know where where other people's levels are. Like we're not with like the internet and things, we're kind of in this online community, but we're not in the physical community like they were back then to where we know that, that this is an elder, this is a, we don't know that. We know like the people who are in the five-fold ministries because a lot of times they use that title before their name. So pastor such and such, prophetess such and such. So we do know those things, but aside from that, the, those who have titles, we don't know where the, what level they are. And so we can't get to comparing ourselves with them because their instruct our instructions may be different from the instructions that God has given them. So there may be overlap. You may all be coaches. You may all be in the fitness industry. You may all be in a fashion industry. Just because there are overlaps in what it is that you do, there may be one detail that's different that God wants out of you that you have to seek him to figure out what that is. Period. You can't, you have to seek him every step of the way. We have to seek him for ourselves to understand what that little detail is. What is that thing we, that we have to sacrifice that they didn't or that, that we don't have to sacrifice that we're now sacrificing. We're sacrificing the female goat. When we were supposed to sacrifice the male goat because we're not paying attention to what God wants for us. We paying attention to what God wants for them. We're sacrificing our time with our family when God doesn't want us to sacrifice time with our family. He wants us to sacrifice time with the internet, but because they sacrifice time with their family for the sake of putting food on the table, we're trying to do what they did. No, we need to see what God wants us to do. God may, God may not want you online at all. You know what I mean? I'm just using these as examples, trying to make them relevant for today. But the point is you got to seek God for for uh, instructions on your particular situation and trust what he said. Okay. Point number three, can't believe we're already at like our time limit, but I'm definitely going to get through these um, because I think they're very important. So point number three, your sincerity is no substitute for obedience or no excuse for disobedience. I'm going to say that again. Your sincerity, your want to do well, your intentions to do well, your intentions to do what God said is no substitute for obedience. And it's no excuse for disobedience. Well, God, I, I know I, I tapped the rock and you told me to speak to it, but I was just frustrated, God. Like, I really do want to please you. It's not like I'm I'm trying to disobey you. I was just frustrated. Yeah, that's cool, but you were still disobedient. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. It matters what you do. So we have to make sure that our actions are in alignment with what God said. We're human. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that we got to be perfect. We're not. We're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes. God is forgiving. And we're going to get to point number five is talking about God's compassion. And I'm going to tell you like how it all ended for Moses. But I want to stress the importance of obedience. As I was reading, um, I think it was Leviticus when I was starting it. One of the things that that God really highlighted to me and I was talking to my husband about is that we can't take sin lightly. Sin cannot be taken lightly at all. There was such intricate details about the sacrifices they had to do um, in order to get back in good standing with God after sin. It was so much that they had to do because sin was such a serious thing. 
It's serious. Sin separates you from God. Imagine God is your father. Imagine getting snatched away from your parents. That's serious. That is a very serious thing. Sin snatches us away from our father. So it's not something to be taken lightly. And I was when I was talking to my husband about it, I was like, I understand that sin is serious. But as I was reading this, it was really hitting home for me because, yeah, we know sin is serious, but sin is so easy to do. You know what I mean? We live in a world of sin. Like it's it's so easy to be lukewarm. Everybody's doing it. It's so easy to just do whatever and, and, and sin and not really be on fire for God because that's the life we live in. And 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 because of that, you're um, what's the word I'm looking for? The seriousness of sin now gets watered down because it's so popular. And so I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, I've been just thinking about how do we create a lifestyle to where sin is still a big deal in the midst of living in a world where it's so regularly accepted, you know? So that was just where my thoughts was going with that. But um, yeah, again, back to this point, it doesn't matter what your intentions are. It matters what you do. So we have to make, create these lifestyles. Like I was thinking, create these lifestyles to where we're doing what God wants us to do. To where we're being obedient to the details of what he wants us to do. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. It matters what you actually did. Moses was so obedient to God up until that point. He did everything that God told him to do. He was dealing with them and their attitudes and their complaints and everything. The one time that they got to him enough for him to, to not do what God told him to do. You, you might think us as humans might be like, dang, God couldn't let that slide. No. No, even though he his intentions were good, he didn't intentionally be like, I'm just not going to do what God told me to do. He his actions didn't do it. So that's something that I really had to check myself about. Like Tatum, you may intend to do well. You may intend to you may say that you want to please God. You may do all of these great things. But are you going to be obedient to him in the details? It, when it all comes down to it, to your actions, are your actions going to be in alignment with what you say you believe in? And that's the question I believe that we should all ask ourselves. We are going to fall short sometimes. We're human, unfortunately. But at the same time, we have to make sure that sin is still something that is serious to us. And disobedience is something that is serious to us and not so and not so watered down and lukewarm. is not so acceptable in our lives. So then uh, point number four or lesson number four is beware of pride because a mistake that I have not pointed out yet that Moses did. Let me go back to it. So after, okay. So verse 10 says, then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels. He shouted, must we bring you water from this rock? We, we soldier boy voice. We, must we bring you water from this rock? Moses took credit for what God was doing. Must we bring you water from this rock? Not must God bring you water from this rock? Who was the one doing it? He said, must we bring you water from this is pride. This is he starts smelling himself like, man, I took y'all out of it. That's that's what happens. So as I was reading this, I was like, 
God, I pray. And all I could do is pray about these things as they're, as I'm, they're standing out to me. I was like, God, please let me never get so comfortable with my walk with you that I start to think that I got myself here. Please let me never lose the fear of God. Please never let my success, what people say, uh, the levels, the places that you will have for me, please never let me get so comfortable with my position with you that I think I got myself here. And that's something that I just, I believe in, in praying preventative prayers. So that's one of the things I added to my prayer list for myself is to never let pride get into my heart. So for me to always have a servant's heart, for me to always bring people back to God, for me to never take any credit for anything. And to always remind myself, we talked about this, Kavaya and I talked about this in our um, God's plan video Uh a lot of the times we're unqualified for the things that God wants us to do so that he gets the glory for it. Because if it was something that we were comfortable with or something we could have done in our own strength, then how would he get the credit? So I was like, God, please let me not get so comfortable with being so special to you that I think that I'm special because of something I did and not because you chose me. Moses didn't do anything to get chose. Or when Moses was born, Pharaoh was having everybody kill their sons. And so Pharaoh, um, not Pharaoh, uh, Moses's mother, he, Pharaoh was having everybody kill their sons and put, throw them in a river. Moses's mother put Moses in a basket and then put him in a river. He was found by Pharaoh's daughter who raised him as her own. God, God, Moses did nothing to get chose. <laughs> God already knew him before he formed him in his mother's womb. He knew what was going to happen. But somehow along the way, he, the pride got in, pride seeped in. So a couple of scriptures, James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Proverbs 11 and 2 says, pride leads to disgrace. As we see, he didn't get into the promised land. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So for you guys that's listening, beware of pride. If you ever get to the point where you think you got yourself there, you need to go get back on your face and repent ASAP. Do not let pride get into the way because it causes way more problems. It causes way more problems than need to happen. And then my last lesson from this is number five is that God is so compassionate. He is such a loving father that even though he corrects, even though that there's consequences for what we do, he still loves us. And Deuteronomy 34, four through five says, and this is when Moses, Moses dies. So Deuteronomy 34, four through five says, then the Lord said to Moses, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when I said, I will give you, wait, let me start over. It says, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So, so Moses, the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord has said. So even though Moses wasn't able to enter into the promised land because of his sin, God still allowed him to see it. He allowed him to see, look, this is what you work so hard for. This is what you endure all of their foolishness for. Because I told y'all earlier, even after Moses was disobedient, 
That was in Numbers 20. This is Deuteronomy 34 when he died. In between that time, he was still leading the people. So um, Moses was still obedient after that, you know. And so at this time, God was so loving and compassionate. He still showed Moses here. Here's everything that you were. You won't you won't be able to enter it, but I'm going to let you see it. I think that just shows how much how loving and forgiving God is. And it just let me know that even when I do fall short and for you guys listening, even when you do fall short, even when you aren't as obedient as you should, even when your intentions are good, but you still fall short, God is still loving. He's still compassionate. And when we do make mistakes and we do fall short and we are disobedient, we do fall into sin. That isn't time to throw your whole salvation away. Like, man, I'm done with this or God doesn't love me anymore or I'm not. I'm just going to turn away from this altogether. No, no. it's st- You still have to see it through. Moses fulfilled the assignment that was on his life, even though he didn't enter into the promised land. He still fulfilled the, what God had put him on his earth to do. Had he not, had he had stopped after the sin and allowed shame, which is a trick of the devil, allow shame to get into him so much so to where he just gave it up altogether, he wouldn't have completed the assignment. And so that's why I, a lesson I took out for myself is even when I fall short, I still got to uh, ask God for forgiveness, accept whatever consequences come from my disobedience or from my sin and go and still complete the assignment because it's not about me. It's about the lives that I'm saving. It's about the people that I'm leading back to God. The people that I'm leading to get to know God better, the people that God has called me to lead, it's about them. It's about the generations that are going to be blessed because of my obedience. It's about it's about my family being delivered from things like it's not about us. But even reading this story, though, I was like, well, God, I want both, though, (laughs) being honest, I want to complete my assignment and I want to enjoy the promised land. So please just allow me to never lose this fire that I have for you. Please allow me to never take sin lightly to where I fall into it. Please never allow me to to lose the fear of you. Please never allow me to get off my face. I want to continue to stay on my face before you because I want to deliver the people, but also want to get into the promised land. So I read Moses's story and took out so much. It's such an amazing story. And I, and I implore you guys to go read it. Um, but to put a pen in this that of God's compassion and, and how Moses is still one of the most powerful people in the Bible, despite his disobedience in that moment and how you can still be such an influential person in the kingdom of God, despite when you fall short, despite your shortcomings, that it's not a time for you to allow shame to seep in, but a time for you to turn back to God and continue on with the assignment. Um, Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12 says, there's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land with mighty power. Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all of Israel. So even despite Moses didn't get into a, into the promised land, he's his legacy is still, still solid. His legacy is still impactful. I'm still spending the last hour talking about how this particular story has impacted me and how I've taken nuggets from it. And how my prayers have been impacted so that I can 
be like Moses but without making the same mistakes that Moses made. So I wanted to just share with you guys what's been going on with me in the last few weeks, just kind of explaining the how I have to do things differently now um, in order to continue to elevate and just the lessons that I've been taking away from it and efforts that you take similar lessons for yourself um, and receive whatever from this last hour that God wants you to receive because I genuinely feel like Everything that I talked about was not just for me. I talked about it in the context of how I received it, but I know that that's for for you as well. Otherwise, God wouldn't have me talking about it, okay? Um, But yeah, that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Don't forget to join us on tour. Go to GodIsMyCEOTour.com. Subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff on YouTube um, at Tatum Tamia. Follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamia and... That's it. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week.